Coming up on Golf Today, Colin Montgomery weighs in on Tiger at age 46, saying the big cat should have retired at the old course in July and that his winning days are done. Is Monty right or is he out of bounds? And a happy 34th birthday to Ricky Fowler. We talk, Ricky. If you can give the 2015 Players' Champion just one present, what would it be? And Zach Fisher stops by after securing a trip to the 2023 Open at Royal Liverpool thanks to a win in Argentina. Don't cry for me. It's golf today. Golf today. Warm welcome into Golf Today. Great to have you with us. Anna Jackson, delighted as always to be alongside the great Damon Hatt. We've got Paige McKenzie joining us in just a little bit because it's a big week. It's the penultimate Golf Today of the year. It's been a long, it's been a busy year. Christmas is coming. Winter yeah. golf is sort of sweeping the country one state at a time. I mean, are you the kind of golfer who packs the clubs away or do you grind? Do you grind through no, the winter? The grinding is done for me. It's very, very cold. The temperatures have dropped in the state of Connecticut. One of my sons wanted to wear shorts today. We insisted you got to put the long johns on. He finally uh, listened to his parents. He's a little stubborn. I tell you, I put my clubs, they're usually in my trunk. They're now in the garage. Uh, those little milestones uh. during the year. You get the clubs out in the spring. This is the time of year where I put my clubs in the garage, and I'm a little bit sad. I kind of tell you, know, Chelsea Piers is just literally the other side of this wall. You're They've right. got a simulator in there. I could be tempted to kind of, you know, try to keep the rust off before heading into next year, but it's a long winter here in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, golf is tough. Cold in the Northeast. Should be warmer, by the way, in Florida for the PNC mm -hmm. Championship. It gets underway this weekend at the Ritz-Carlton Golf Club Orlando, and that's our former home. 36-hole scramble event features 20 teams consisting of a major champ or player's champ with a relative, provided that relative does not hold a tour card of any kind and the most notable team I would say Tiger Woods and son Charlie they headline this field Jordan Spieth making his debut playing with his dad Sean you got Bernard Langer with son Jason they're past champs Annika Sorenstam with his son Will McGee for the first time team daily defending its title I guess little John no longer wants to be called little John He's getting big <laughs> like the old man and of course you know the old man is uh two-time major champ. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be so notable. There are so many great names to look forward to. So let's check out some of the highlights, shall we, let's from last year, because Tiger and Charlie were at it for the second time. This is going to be their third straight year. But just take a look at some of these moments, starting with Tiger here yeah. on, on the third. Getting a little uh, misty looking at our old uh, golf course. How about that shot from 176 to be exact? Hits that close. And then Charlie trying to convert for eagle. I mean, just how quickly he picks up the coin, I'm tossing it <laughs> to the old man. I just love their interaction as yeah. well. Take that, Dad. Job done on the third. Let's move on to the seventh, shall we? Tiger looking pretty good last year, wasn't he? Yeah, short par four. Reachable in certain conditions. Had about a 60-yard pitch. Hits it close. Now, Team Woods is now leading by a shot. The dynamic between these two is just so special. It's so precious. I mean, this is just Charlie doing Charlie things. They've got such a great relationship, and this is really the best time that we ever get to see them together. And, I mean, the show just goes on. Yeah, still tossing the coin back to Tiger. This is the par 4, 11th. Tiger second. Eyes just up and down the flagstick. Yeah, watch that, Charlie. Dad's still got it. <laughs> you know he does. 
onto the 12th. Now, this is not an easy par three. I think we can both vouch for that. How about the club twirl from young Charlie, just like the old man? He hits it to about 10 feet. You know, this could be a little slippery putt from back there, but yeah, get a fist pump <laughs> from Dad, but now can Dad convert the putt? Charlie knew he could. Look at that, wow. so walking it in from the second it came off his dad's putter. They've got the same walk, they've got the same stand, they've got so many of the similar manneris man mannerisms. Now, Charlie, how about this? 15 for birdie. Look, still his head stays, his body rock solid. Dad knew he was going in. Yeah, flip the coin again. I love seeing that. <laughs> Team Woods just won back. So now onto 16. Here's Charlie with a pretty magical approach shot. Yeah, look at that pin tucked right. That's a uh, slope heading into that leg to the right side. A very aggressive shot from Charlie. When you're young, you're fearless, Anne. He was. I mean, he looked away. He didn't even see that ball drop. Fist pumps all round. Give me the putter. That's right. How about this? Now, this time, water left. Another tucked pin. Charlie, don't care. Did you see the club twirl as well, by the way? <laughs> so good. So much swag. You just gotta love this kid. I think he's also about two feet taller than yeah, last year as he well. It's Charlie 2.0 this year, but now Tiger on 18. Yeah, it's a birdie chip. They needed it, didn't get it. Well past the hole. They'd make par post 25 under clubhouse lead at that time, of course, ultimately coming up just short to back of the team of John Daly and his son, John. Yeah, that's right. So that was last year, but this is this year, and of course, Tiger and Charlie are going to be the star of the show. Tiger has said numerous times how they talk about this event all year long. They look forward to it so much as a double act to show the world uh, what the woods have got. I think they've got to be the red-hot favorites this year. I honestly think if Tiger used to build his career and season around the major championships, and still does to a certain extent, this is Definitely, if not at the very, very top, it's right there in the conversation. This is a very important week for Tiger Woods. And seeing Tiger and Charlie on the golf cart in the Bahamas, mm -hmm. I, I saw Charlie. I'm like, who this? I mean, he, he looks <laughs> right? like a completely different kid. One year later, he's bigger, he's stronger, and Tiger acknowledged at the match that, listen, on occasion, the youngster can hit it past him. They've got to be the favorite to win the PNC Championship this year. They've got to be. And when we heard Tiger talk about that plantar fasciitis and what his plan was going to be yeah. going forward, the one week that he did point out that he was adamant that he was going to play was the PNC Championship because he knows how much it means to Charlie. I mean, don't get me wrong, of course, they're going to be the ones that everyone are watching, but this field is stacked with so many exciting names. Nelly and her, her, her dad, Petter, yeah. that's going to be such a fun duo to watch. He's obviously such a, a stern competitor, professional tennis player in his own right. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast there this week as well with Podrick Harrington talking about how much him and his son Patrick look forward to this week. Just sort of going up and down the driving range and, and meeting the likes of Lee Trevino, introducing his son to the legends, the greats of the game, Gary Player. There is so much to love about this week at the PNC, outside of just Tiger and Charlie. You're right. We're starting to see players, younger players, that want to compete in this event. Jordan Spieth will be there playing with his dad, Sean. You have Annika playing with her son, Will, for the first time as well. So we're starting, you know, Trevino has been there for a long time. It used to be Jack. It's just so fun that we're able to see 
these, this new generation of players, that this is an important week for them. Justin Thomas, of course, and his dad, Mike. This is a very important week on the golf calendar for these players' family, so much at the crux of this game. Yeah, the cross-generational aspect of golf is part of the huge reason why we love it so much. But, you know, Tiger and Charlie... It's going to be hard not to have all eyes on them. What do you think their dynamic is going to be like? What do you think their relationship is like now on the course? Because Tiger admitted that Charlie can now outdrive yeah. him. I mean, watching that unfold is just going to be so much fun. They're going to have fun, but I think this is a business trip for those two mm. players. They want to go out and win. They came up so close, just a couple shots short last year. I think it's going to be all about winning this year, the 2022 edition of the PNC Championship. And folks, you can follow this QR code you see on your screen right now for Golf Now and enter the promo FAMILY15 for 15% off your round of four players. And be sure to catch other family duos. Take the course this weekend on NBC Golf Channel and Peacock. Going to be a lot of fun. Okay, that is an offer that you cannot refuse. But let's get back to Tiger, shall we? Because he made his competitive return to golf in this year's major tournaments. And we all remember in July, he returned to the home of golf, the site of two of his Open Championship victories. He did miss the cut at St. Andrews, but gave us one of the great images of the year as he crossed the Swilkin Bridge. So as the future of Tiger's career remains uncertain, Colin Montgomery is the latest name to chime in with his thoughts this week on the Bunkered podcast about whether Tiger should have used that iconic moment as an opportunity to retire in style. He said, that was the time. Stand on the bridge, start waving, and everyone goes. So is that it? Yeah, it is it. It would have been a glorious way to go. The stands were full. The world's TV cameras from all continents were on him. He's walking up there on his own. Tears were in his eyes. Obviously, you can't beat that walk. I've done it myself. When the stands are full, you cannot beat that walk. I tell you what, that is a special, special arena. It's a theater. That was the time for Tiger to say, OK, I bow out. And Monty on Tiger and the prospects of him winning again, he said, I don't see him doing that. People will say, oh, come on, Monty, listen, yes, he's great. But Tiger doesn't have to now just get back to the standard he was performing at then. He has to improve it. The standard is improving all the time. And there's not one or two guys that can beat him now. There's 22 guys that can beat him. So it's Tiger trying to not get back to where he was, but to get to a standard he's never been at before. I don't think that's possible. I can't see that happening. I'd love it to happen because it's great for the game. I would love him to win, but I just can't see it happening. For more, let's bring in our own Paige McKenzie. Kind of hard to maybe assess these quotes, Paige, just in a vacuum, but pretty strong words from a fellow member of the World Golf Hall of Fame. What do you think of what Colin Montgomery had to say? Listen, the, the whole week uh, that we were covering the event at St. Andrews, that was the question mark. Was Tiger going to stop? Was he going to wave? I think everybody would say if he was going to retire, that is where he should have, which is all I think that Colin Montgomery is trying to say is that is the pinnacle as it relates to saying goodbye and, and, and putting a thread between you and the history of the game. So that's why so many people have chosen that moment to retire. I don't think it's more than that. I, I don't want to read too much into what Colin Montgomery is saying, uh, but I certainly agree with the sentiment. If that was the time, then that was the place to do it. It certainly was, Paige. I mean, Monty has got a point. There is rarely a more iconic, historic moment than walking over the Swilkin Bridge at the Open Championship at the old course. But 
I have to ask the question, Damon, you know, is Tiger ready for that moment? Does he even want that big retirement moment? Does he want to officially walk away from the game and hang the clubs up and say, that's it, I'm done? Or does he just want to leave that crack in the door for just one more opportunity? Because it feels like that's kind of the message that he's been putting out there. I think he wants to leave on his own terms. I think we saw Serena Williams, you know, late summer, U.S. Open, New York. You know, she had already had the article you know, on the cover of Vogue and, and, you know, Anna Wintour and saying her next chapter. And it was a beautiful, you know, couple of nights she had in New York. Tiger Woods, in fact, was in the audience for a couple of Serena's matches. Tiger has earned the right, in my opinion, to walk away when he wants to and how he wants to. And I'm not saying Monty was out of bounds necessarily and saying that the stage would have been ideal because we've seen it happen so often in golf with Tom Watson, with Arnold Palmer, with Jack Nicklaus. But let's remember, Jack said goodbye in 2000 and then came back and said goodbye in 2005 as well. So from a Hollywood standpoint, from a historical standpoint, with what this golf course has meant to the game of golf, what it's meant to Tiger in his own career, winning in 2000, beating Monty, in fact, in 2005, it would have been a remarkable stage, as Monty said, with the cameras of the world watching him cross that Swilkin Bridge, all of us holding our breath. But at the end of the day, Tiger is Tiger for a reason. If he thinks he has some gas left in the tank, if he wants to consider playing in two or three more Opens and thinks he has a chance to win, including at Hoylake in 2023, he should be able to walk away from the game when he's ready to walk away from the game. That's it. And who are we to ever That's, underestimate the yeah. powers of Tiger Woods, the amount of times that he has surprised us over and over again? I mean, he said he still feels like maybe, maybe he can just capture lightning in a bottle. The question is, was lightning in a bottle the 2019 Masters? Because that was never meant to happen. And that was a miracle yeah. in itself that it absolutely did. But, you know, he's still chasing 83. He's still chasing 18. It feels far-fetched. But perhaps 83 is still on the cards. I mean, Paige, the odds are stacked against him from what we know about him physically going under the radar and having a couple of surgeries this year that we didn't know about. You know, physically, we don't exactly know how much pain he's in when he tees it up. But what do you think? Ultimately, time will have to run out for Tiger. But can he get number 83? I mean, I, I was wrong about him getting another major championship. So I think my, my credibility as it relates to deciding what Tiger can and cannot do moving forward, it's been proven that he, he can kind of beat the odds uh, and, and time and time again he seemed to have proven that throughout his career so I certainly won't count him out this time uh, it's going to be a tough road and I think Colin Montgomery made a great point that it's not so much that Tiger needs to what Tiger needs to do but it's also what the field is that he's going to be going up against uh, so but you don't have to play it week in and week out I mean he needs one good week that he can capitalize and beat players we we know he can do that so uh, as long as he's physically continuing to improve, which it sounds like, aside from the plantar fasciitis, uh, he is doing, I certainly wouldn't count him out. Yeah, I don't think Tiger's worried about the field. And I think Monty might have overstated mm -hmm. what the field could do relative to Tiger. It's more about Tiger's health. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about Tiger's leg not being able to allow him to walk and compete and to, to be able to do what he wants to do over 72 holes. The field's fantastic. Golf is in a wonderful place with these young players. I have not seen the next Tiger Woods. If Tiger Woods is right and healthy, I don't think he's afraid of, of butting heads with John Rahm and Justin Thomas and, and all the rest. I think it's more about 
the state of his body versus this new generation of golfer and Tiger having to do something that he just can't do from a playability standpoint. To me, it's all about the health. Yeah, and he is walking such a fine line, as he said himself, between sort of pushing himself to make those improvements, going too far, taking a step back. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a tough position that he's in, but if anyone can do it, it is Tiger Woods. He is the GOAT uh, for a reason, and we can't wait to see him in action this week at the PNC Championship. All right, well, when Golf Today returns, we are turning our focus to five-time PGA Tour winner Ricky Fowler, who's celebrating his 34th birthday today. Happy birthday, Ricky. Now, what do we wish for Fowler in the new year? We discuss after the break. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This Black Music Month, State Farm wants to take a moment to recognize the undeniable cultural influence of black musicians, composers, singers, and songwriters. From folk music to rock and roll, jazz, and more, black culture has shaped almost every genre of music that exists today. Join State Farm in celebrating this month and beyond. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to Golf Today. Now, we would like to give a very special shout-out to a certain five-time PGA Tour winner, Ricky Fowler, as he celebrates his 34th birthday. So what better way to look back at his greatest moment, probably of his career, the 2015 Players' Championship. He picked up his first win in over three years thanks to his playoff victory over Sergio Garcia and Kevin Kisner. What a finish that it was. One of the most impressive wins, I thought, of the 2010s was his finish at the stadium course, TPC Sagres. How about his career? Nice, even 300 starts on the PJ Tour. Five wins, 15 runner-up finishes, 76 top 10, 72 missed cuts. And then that last win, 2019 in Phoenix. Well, let's bring in Paige McKenzie once again. Paige, a birthday, a time to kind of reflect, take stock of, of your life and career. Where do you see Ricky Fowler at the age of 34? Well, I, I kind of like what we've seen so far this fall portion of the season. Uh, it's nice to see some great form and some consistency with a couple of top tens. And I think a lot of it you can kind of pinpoint. There was a coaching change he announced in September, I believe, that he's going back with Butch Harmon. And there's immediate results. And this is not unique. Uh, when I look back at some of the students that Butch Harmon has had, uh, specifically on the women's side, Danielle Kang and Suzanne Pedersen won pretty darn immediately after switching to them. And I think you can see the stock that he's had, obviously, on the men's side and the consistency in, in some of the players. So I, I don't know what his secret sauce is. Perhaps he's, he's got a, a good voice and can 
talk and provide some confidence uh, to some of these players because I think it's part of it's probably physical and part of it is probably having the the correct voice in your head when you're there. I, I would also mention there is a caddy change too, which can refresh a player, uh, get them excited. And, and no disrespect to his previous caddy because they had a, a great relationship. Uh, but I'm kind of excited to see what this reinvention might be for Ricky Fowler moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, splitting away from Joe Scroven, who was on the bag for five of his uh, PGA Tour wins, he's gone and had some wonderful success with Tom Kim at the President's mm -hmm. Cup, and that partnership's all worked out. He's got Ben Showman on the bag now, who seems to be sort of doing the job that he needs to do for Ricky, whatever that is. Every caddy player relationship is very different. But, you know, he was ranked 18th on Pip this season. Everybody still clearly loves to see Ricky Fowler out there. It doesn't really matter how he's playing. He earned almost double on Pip than he did inside the ropes this year, 1 million versus 2 million. So golf is always better with Ricky Fowler in it. Where do you think he is going? And how important is it for golf fans, do you think, for Ricky to refine that form and perhaps even re-enter the winner's circle? Well, it remains one of the most popular figures in the game. You know, he was grouped with... Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas as a young gun major championship potential winning machine. And that has not happened. It happened for Jordan, who has three majors, and JT, who has two, and Ricky Fowler, kind of the odd man out. I tell you what, in 2021, ESPN had an article on Ricky Fowler. What has happened to Ricky Fowler? And it pointed to him at times sniping at Joe Scoffer and his now former caddy and taking his work home with him, uh, being upset at the struggles that he had. Steve Burkowski did a wonderful interview with Ricky, I thought, at the 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational, where Ricky kind of unburdened himself and talked about how difficult it has been. I think he's back on the upswing with the runner-up finish at the Zozo, T6 at Fortinet, Butch Harmon back in his ear. He's so popular that when the wins aren't coming, you have that kind of gap in expectation and kind of what his Q rating is. I mean, look at these results. 80 events since that last win in Phoenix. Couple of our finishes, 27 missed cuts. Mm -hmm. So we would see Ricky on TV quite a bit, but it was between the action. It was during the commercials and not inside the ropes in contention. But clearly, he's on his way back. I think one of the great things about Butch Harmon, not just his knowledge of the swing, it's his ability to motivate his golfers and his players and his students. I think, I think that Ricky Fowler, I believe, shortly will be back in the winner's circle again. And what always captured our attention about Ricky Fowler was the putter. He was just yeah, the most best, beautiful, best. beautiful putter Absolutely. of the ball, possibly of a generation. But that seems to have dropped off a little bit recently. We don't know whether the work with, that he was doing with John Tillery, perhaps, uh, you know, the focus that he did on the eyes, maybe mm. then drew his attention away from the putter page. I mean, when you do start to break down your swing and when you start to sort of tinker with things throughout the bag, you do wonder whether you neglect the thing that you're naturally very good at. And in Ricky's case, that was the putter. I mean, how important is it for him to start making those putts for him to regain the success that he had? I think it's not only that it, part of the game might be neglected because time is spent elsewhere. I also think that if time is spent elsewhere and that part is struggling, for example, if you're not hitting greens and regulation, then the stress becomes on your short game. If you're not chipping the way that you want to, then the stress is squarely on the putter. And, and that kind of erosion happens. It can cycle negatively where sometimes your strength can turn into a, a weakness over time just based on the level of confidence in the rest of your game. So seeing some good results moving forward, I think, has been will be good for Ricky Fowler because reality is once you've done that before, you know you can again. Whenever there's a high watermark in your game, as a player, you immediately say, 
but I know I can, and it's in there somewhere. So it's about unlocking it. And I think, to me, that's how I always describe Butch Harmon. He's figured out a way to un unlock the best within each of those players that I that I mentioned. Uh, it's a it's a very difficult thing to do for coaches, and I think over time, Butch Harmon's been vastly underrated in what he's been able to do with students. I'm not going to give him all the credit because obviously Ricky Fowler has it within him. It's just a matter of getting it out once again. Paige, great point that you make. So much in golf, I think you have the connection between the golf swing and the putter. It's like the old schoolhouse rock song, the knee bone connected to the hip <laughs> bone. It kind of all works together. And with this being Ricky Fowler's birthday today, we want to ask you at home, what do you wish for Ricky Fowler in the new year? Tweet us. You could be featured on this show in just a little bit. And stay with us because on the other side of the break, we're catching up with Zach Fisher. More on this journeyman story. He received an invitation to the 2023 Open at Royal Liverpool, a.k.a. Hoylake. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on golf today, earlier this month, Corn Ferry Tour member Zach Fisher teed it up on PGA Tour Latino America for the very first time at the Visa Argentine Open. And boy, was it a success. He two-putted from 48 feet on the 72nd hole, making a clutch four-footer par, avoiding a playoff, securing his one-shot win. With the win, receiving an invitation from the RNA the 2023 Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in England. It's been a well-traveled career. Eight starts on the PGA Tour, 10 top 10s, and 116 Corn Ferry Tour starts. Twice a medalist, by the way, at Corn Ferry Tour Q School. And you might be thinking, Zach Fisher, why do I know the name? He's the guy who qualified for the U.S. Open by winning a 12-hole sudden-death playoff over Ryan Palmer back in 2013. And Zach joins us now. Zach, buddy, you're into the Open, but you'd never played on PJ Tour Latino America before. So how did the idea come about to go down there and compete in the first place? Well, I'd heard I'd heard rumors that uh, the person who won the Argentina Open was uh, get got a spot into the 
the RNA into the uh, British Open. And so I was like, you know, I might as well just go and uh, see what happens. Uh, just, you know, having status through Corn Ferry on uh, PJ Tour Latin America um, gave me an opportunity to go down there. And uh, I talked to my wife and uh, she was like, yeah, let's go do it. And so uh, it was uh, obviously a, a good decision. I mean, Zach, that is one way of capitalizing on an opportunity. I mean, well done you. I know you didn't feel great during the week. You had sort of flu-like symptoms on Thursday, made it through to the weekend, but it wasn't an easy journey for you out there. When you had that open championship ticket on the line on Sunday and you knew that that was the reason why you came, how much pressure was building on you on that last day? You know, I never really felt uh, like there was a lot of pressure. Uh, I really felt like my game was in, in really, really good shape. And uh, probably the most pressure I felt was uh, when Linus uh, decided to shoot three, uh, three or four under on the first uh, nine holes. And uh, then he birdied the first two holes at the back nine, and, and he finally caught me. And uh, that's when, uh, when the pressure actually hit. Uh, my, my swing coach, uh, he's always told me that, you know, the first 63 holes are the ones that actually matter. And uh, I played the first 63 holes really well. And so I got into the spot where I wanted to be, which was with nine holes to have a chance to win. And uh, fortunately, uh, Linus and I both played really well. So we had separated ourselves uh, kind of from the pack. And, uh, you know, playing with the guy uh, who was, you know, right there. And uh, I got to see exactly what he was doing. He got to see what I was doing. And uh, it, uh, it was nice just being able to know exactly where I stood. And I knew that uh, if I made that putt on the last hole, uh, you know, I had a chance to, to go to the, uh, to the Open Championship. And uh, that, that was the whole reason I went down there was to have that opportunity. And uh, it was really, really cool when it went in. Yeah, what was the self-talk like in that moment? I mean, pros always, not always, but they nearly always, they, they two-putt for the most part. But a four-footer, we see missed four-footers from time to time. What's the self-talk like standing over that four-foot putt to win? Well, the crazy thing was the first putt probably was the hardest putt I had all week. Uh, I mean, you couldn't tell from the angle, but uh, if I got it going too far to the left, it could go, you know, too far to the left. And if I got it going too far to the right, it had a chance to go, you know, eight, six, eight feet. And I actually hit a really good putt. And the four-footer was honestly probably arguably the easiest one for a right-hander, just a little right to left, inside right. And uh, I was just like, you know what, stay down and uh, don't lift your head up and as soon as I uh, looked up after, I, you know, I figured out the ball was going to get to the hole and I saw it go in. I mean, just the, the all the emotions hit then. Uh, it's just you can't let yourself get too emotional in the moment and uh, get ahead of yourself. Uh, all those cliches are, are, are really, really true. And uh, this was my first PGA Tour sanctioned win. But I did lean on the fact, um, you know, I made about a 12-footer to win Q School uh, last year. And so I, I definitely leaned on that experience as well. Well, Zach, I know you've never played in the Open. I know you've ever, never been to England. I can assure you the people of Liverpool will uh, welcome you with open arms. <laughs> so looking forward to seeing your journey. But just to kind of go back and rewind the clock uh, a few years, back to 2013, we saw there that you medalled uh, at final stages of the Corn Ferry Tour Q School. Now, that was a year that saw the likes of Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Siwoo Kim. I mean, and you beat them all that year to come through uh, that stage. How high were your hopes and your expectations about your game when you came through that? that year of uh, Q school? 
Man, that was a uh, that was a long time ago, but I definitely remember um, when I did win uh, that Q school, and uh, you know, you're playing against all those guys. In the moment, you don't you know how you know how well those guys are gonna uh, do in their careers. But looking back, I mean, the, it was an incredible field, and uh, you know, being a young guy, I, I went out there, and you know, I thought I could conquer the world. Um, my game was really, really good back then. Um, I, I was, I was just very inexperienced and it's crazy how much experience really does play into, into, you know, developing your game. And, uh, it just seems like now there's a lot more peace, even though it's, it's not as new and everything just isn't, I don't know. There's still a lot of, of, of excitement and joy, especially going to the open. But every week on Corn Ferry, they're just having, you know, seen the golf courses and, and knowing, you know, how some putts break and, and all that. It's definitely a lot of uh, advantages to it. And so I I just see it as as looking back, everything was just, you know, brand new. It, it was it was just a, a joyous experience. And uh, it just is totally different in how my career is now. Well, you've had some tremendous highs, but also some lows. You lost your Corn Ferry Tour card back in 2017. You went four years without status. How did you and your wife, Caitlin, make this life continue to work outside the ropes? It's all her. Uh, she, uh, she picked up some extra jobs, and uh, that was the, uh, the only way, you know, we could actually support, you know, playing. And uh, fortunately, you know, we did have that really, really good finish in 2019 at the Valero. And, uh, you know, God always seemed to, to be in it every single moment. I thought that, you know, I was probably going to hang it up and, you know, just get a regular job. He always showed me, you know, by qualifying for a corn fair event or a PGA tour event that, you know, my, my journey wasn't done. And, uh, it, it's crazy looking back, you know, I, I feel so far off the map from, uh, my last year on corn fair in 2017 to, uh, all the way till 2021, and, you know, I had some success here and there, but my, my swing coach, Jeff Jones, I mean, I would have never, ever gotten out of that pit of uh, actually, uh, you know, just climbed out of that pit to where I could actually play. You know, I, I really lost my, my driver and I couldn't hit the driver on the planet. And now drivers, arguably my, my strength in my game. And uh, so without his help, I would have never been able to do it. And, but my wife, I mean, she was honestly the only way. And then we also, we had people who, who would help us out, you know, throw us some money here and there, you know, not to give up my journey. And those people, you know, without them, it just seems like God always has had a hand in having a a way for me to keep playing. and, And he never wanted me to really quit. Behind every good man is a great woman, Zach. I mean, your career has shown so much resilience and and passion for the game, and it is so good to see you on the trajectory that you're on, heading to the Open Championship. You've got great Corn Ferry Tour status, so we're looking forward to seeing what the future holds, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I hope to uh, to be on here a little bit more often. Anytime. Uh, it's great yes, talking to you guys. we'll see you with your first win. Looking forward to it. Okay, we'll stay with us <laughs> thank uh, you. here on Golf Today because APGA golfer Montrell Wells went from college walk on to professional golfer in just a few years. Coming up next, he joins the show with a special new award from the APGA Tour that's coming up next. golfer Montrell Wells has quite a story to tell himself after originally committing to Benedict College 
to run track on an athletic scholarship. His plans changed when the coach was fired and his scholarship was no longer available. The AD then introduced him to the golf coach and Wells went from being told he wasn't good enough to play to becoming the number one player on the team two seasons later. Played his first APGA Tour event in 2012, finishing tied for 10th. And now Montrell is being presented with a special honor as he was recently surprised as the winner of the inaugural Adrian Stills Award presented by Cisco. The award is meant to honor the APGA Tour player who best embodies the qualities of character, sportsmanship, courage, and giving back to the game and the community as well. And with the award, Wells earns $25,000 to support his golf career, including $10,000 to donate to a charity of his choice. And Montrell joins us now. Montrell, thank you for your time and congratulations. What was your reaction when you found out you'd be receiving this award? Well, thank you guys for having me on first. Uh, it was very emotional. Uh, I was completely shocked. I had uh, no idea. It caught me off guard, and uh, it, it brought the waterworks down. For me, to say the least, I I, uh, I was extremely emotional for at least five minutes or so before I could even say a word. I mean, Montreal, your story is absolutely fascinating. Going to Benedict College uh, to run track, and then the coach gets fired, and you get introduced to golf. Tell us, how did that happen, and what were your first impressions of the game? Well, it was a it was a devastating moment in my life that turned around for my good because I just knew that my legs were going to be what got me an education and, and allowed me to excel in life through track. Uh, but once that was taken away, um, me being introduced to golf, seeing that golf teams try out scholarships available sign on campus and just kind of remembering what I was taught when I was 12 years old in the, uh, in the inner city projects, uh, Healing Homes in Columbia, South Carolina, where I was living at the time. Uh, I just went and tried out for the team, really embarrassed myself, but it was that embarrassment that caused me to light a fire in myself that I had never known was there. And I worked as hard as I could possibly work, harder than anybody. And I was able to not only make the team uh, after a year, but I was also earn, able to earn a scholarship to stay in school where I, made, uh, I managed to finish with a degree in physics. Which is remarkable. Describe your days and weeks and months. Did you go into the bunker, the putting green? I mean, you, your scores were north of, of 100 from what I read. Like, like, where did you go to get better so quickly? Well, it was a simple thing. The golf coach said, if you want to make this team, you got to beat balls, beat balls, beat balls, beat balls. So I took it literally. So I, I literally beat balls every single day. If I had class, I'd go to my classes and I come back to the golf course and I beat balls. I beat balls. I would use my headlights at night on the chipping and putting green to work on my short game because there just wasn't enough hours in the day to get to where I was trying to get to as well as get my education. So there was never any excuses for me. Uh, I would play with the best players to learn the game. You know, I got picked at a lot. Nobody really wanted to play with me. I was called slow. I was called so many names. And, and it was all just fuel for my fire. So I just knew that if I continued to work being an athlete already, I was never a stranger to work, but I knew if I continued to work hard that in the end I would be victorious. And that, that's what ended up happening for me at Benedict College.
your work ethic is to be truly applauded, Montreal, and clearly your desire and your ambition to succeed is just part of your DNA. And you came from such humble beginnings, sofa surfing at friends' houses and not having resources to even the most basic things like clothes. I mean, how did sport become your way out of where you began? Well, growing up, uh, I was always really, really fast. Uh, that was the one attribute that I was blessed with. I had speed. So in all the sports we played growing up, of course, basketball, football, uh, baseball, and, and of course, track and field, always had that edge because I had that attribute. So I knew that if I wanted to change my life and not be, you know, one of those guys that ended up a statistic, that sports would be my way out because I was blessed with the tools that I needed to take one of these sports. I didn't, I wasn't sure which one it would be. I just knew that, you know, my speed and my work ethic was, was going to get me out of the projects and, and get me to a better life. Uh, I had no idea it was going to be golf. Uh, when I was introduced to golf at 12, I hated it because uh, I was so good at everything else and, and I was terrible at golf. Plus, my speed attributes did no, nothing for me in golf. So, <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was like, well, this ain't going to be the sport that's going to get me out of here because being fast don't get you nowhere. So that was uh, that was kind of the, my dream as a kid was to always lean on my athletics to to get me somewhere in this world other than where I, where I started and, and to be not only a good person for myself, but to be an example for those coming up after me. Real quickly, Montrell, the importance the statement Cisco is making addressing diversity in the game and how this award is going to help you going forward. Man, um, it's life-changing for me. After playing uh, the, my last event in California on the APGA this, this past November, I was at the point to where I felt like that was going to be my last professional event. I spent every dime that I had, and I ended up finishing eighth place. Um, and, and, you know, I, I left it all on the golf course. And I said, you know what, God, if, if this is it for me, then so be it. You know, I, I, I've never had any financial support. So, you know, I feel like I've done all that I can on my own. I'm leaving it in your hands now, God. If this is where you want me to, to hang it up, then I'll hang it up here. And this award just, uh, you know, Chuck Robbins and, and, and Cisco have been the example of what it really means to, you know, don't just talk about it, but be about it. You know, they've supported our tour. They've supported multiple players and ambassadors on our tour. So for me to get this award, you know, it, it allows me an opportunity to continue chasing this dream to continue to say, you know what, I am the future world number one, and I am going to be an example for those kids that, you know, we impact on a day-to-day -day basis that say, you know what, where you come from does not mean you have to end up there. You know, you can always, you know, strive to be better. So I want to be that example for them by chasing this dream and this award and this, this financial help that they're giving me for 2023 is going to be just that. It's going to be that extra fire that I needed to light inside me again. And it's going to be that financial help and support that I needed to continue to chase this dream. Hopefully through all of this, I can be an inspiration to somebody to keep going. Because when you feel like it's your wits in, you know, if you believe in God, God knows that you, 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 if you believe in him, he's going to take care of you. So that's, that's what I'm taking from all of this. This, Award is such an honor, and I, I do have the award here with me. It's the uh, Adrian Stills Award. Uh, it's an honor to be named to the first inaugural uh, after a man of so distinguished as Adrian Stills. Um, he's been uh, a catalyst in my life. You know, he's he's definitely helped me out a lot, giving me advice. You know, he's actually given me 
golf lessons. Um, he's he's just been that guy, that mentor that you can go to and ask if you have itch, any problems or issues uh, or just, you know, somebody you just want to talk to. He's a good listener. So it's an honor for me to be named the award recipient for this uh, inaugural award of the Cisco Adrian Stills Award. Wow, Montreal, I mean, your story is nothing but inspirational and your voice and your place in this game is so important. And we've absolutely loved talking to you today. So congratulations and continued on your wonderful success. It's great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.